copy, shift box. Okay, radio check. Yeah, radio is working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the vet bag. Yeah, stitch her up there, thanks, mate. Yeah, right, hey, copy that. Welcome, Robbo. Now, you know one of the main reasons you're on, obviously the charge-up professional bloody legend prowess, but I could not handle the fact that uh, the, other the, the other half you're living with probably claiming that you, you're not a real miner until you've been on the mining podcast, <laughs> so I thought I'd uh, level that out for you and assist you with that. No, thank you, Matt. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. What's been happening? Oh, it's a it's always busy in our household for mm. sure. So uh, there's never no rest for the wicked. But um, no, we've just been oh, busy with the house sort of stuff, but also busy with work and all that. And finally got to um, to finally get home and see the fam over the weekend, which How was great. Exciting. I know. So you'll be doing shitloads more traveling soon. Yeah. Well, now the borders sort of, have opened up. I know. For, uh, the bloody the. Oracle legend to get back in interstate. I know. That's yes. what you've been touted for this episode, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you, you're going to be just as bloody famous as an international bloody blasting guru by the end oh, of this episode. God, I think I'm far from How it, but <laughs> I'll put my two bobs worth in anyway. <laughs> Where so tell us a bit about yourself, Robbo. Uh, of 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 given some, I gave some info in the I guess the preseason bloody preseason what's happening that you <laughs> did not know about that you were actually coming yeah, on. Yeah, so I no, forced- it was all all a very nice surprise. Um- happy to help. Happy to help. <laughs> Now, I, I, as I always say, just give give your CV just to make make people know that I haven't pulled a bum off the street to talk about <laughs> explosives. <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, I guess I sort of started mining. I, I moved to Kalgoorlie uh, back in 2012, so it's sort of just gone 10 years since I, I first made the move from Victoria to Cal. And um, basically went over, there was a couple of guys that I was mates with and um, they moved over and they were like, Robbo, why don't you come? And I was like, why not? So packed up. They moved for mining. They moved for mining. Mm. And, yeah, so I, I sort of packed up the, the ute and off I went across the Nullarbor. And, what, um, what was the transportation? What are we? What ute are we talking here? <laughs> a Holden crewman. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But it was good. It was good. It did, it did the job. And the ute was packed, so it, so was, it was fine. This is a full farm set up. Yeah. yeah, pretty well. Pretty well. Pretty well. So, um, so yeah, so I did that and I um, basically got to town and I think my eyes were, oh, my God, what have I done? Or, you know, oh, this is going to be interesting. But it was fun. I, I sort of met people straight away and um, – Ended up working just in a little cafe for, I think, a couple of months. And then I finally got into uh, Barrick. So so you went over with no gig in Oh, I had in line no, Captain Clueless, no idea. So go. the funny thing was I'd actually gone for a, um, I think it was like a samplers role. And I missed out and I didn't really want it, but it was just like foot in the door, you know, I'll take anything. You know, I'm here, I've moved, I've, I've got to try. Um, and then they actually rang me and said, oh, you know, we've got this magazine keepers role. Would you be interested? And I was like, 
what's the main thing? What are we handing out bloody stick mags yeah, or something? Yeah, I was like, Woman's <laughs> Weekly. Not those um, You know, like I was like, why have they got magazines under it? Like I had no idea, no idea. So Not I, the dumbest question that's ever been asked too because I reckon that would be a pretty common one for yeah, people that get in the Especially when you're like super green, like have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, or you think, are they stitching me up here? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay. So, yep, I'm like, yep, that sounds great. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And um, anyway, I was still in my like my sort of cafe uniform and went in for the interview and they were like, yep, no worries, sounds good. And I had the job. So that was literally how I kind of got my foot in the door in mining. And it was sort of back then it was just before gold kind of fell through the floor. So Yeah, because all of that, that was like 2013. Yeah, so I shit, think yeah. I was like there was a couple of us. We were sort of the last ones that were hired before they – pretty much just stopped hiring people so um so yeah so i sort of did that for a couple of years um and which which barracks or darla uh, no it was rally it was rally oh yeah yeah so it was sort of rally i think rubicon at that stage but ruby was still pretty pretty new um i think barminko were in there at that point um sort of doing the development and whatever there so um so yeah so i just guess started from there and um, I guess I, because I had to, there was sort of that no hiring at that point, I kind of got stuck in that mag keeping role for a couple of years because they just, no one was leaving, mm. no one's getting hired. So, but it was, that was sort of how I learned charge up because, you know, I was, I had my bomb mute, I had, you know, so I was going around following charge up around, yeah. seeing what they were doing and, and I loved it. Like the people that, you know, that were on charge up, like they became really good mates of mine and you just started learning that way because, you know, there wasn't really the movement. So you sort of felt like, well, I want to be more useful or want to be more handy. So I just sort of started I guess, learning charge up from them, just was, doing the mag keeping sort of stuff. Was mag keeper back then pretty similar to what it is today? You're, like, you're, you're, the, you're the, the storeman of the mag compound and delivered bomb Basically, the yeah. And because there was sort of um, at that point um, there wasn't sort of a magazine um, underground at Rubicon, so we would sort of go between um, the Rubicon for Barminko and um, the Rally magazine sort of at, you know, Rally. So, um so we'd sort of to and fro between the two mines and, you know, some, and it was sort of that at that point too, like, you know, sometimes they'd be low on info and so you, you'd be lugging bags of info and transporting stuff around and making sure everyone was going to have enough and, and do all that. But it was, it was really good. It was, it was, um, I learned a lot. I learned mm. a lot. It was like sink or swim. And um, no, it was it was really good. It so, really good. so you you skipped the skip the truck nipper sort of thing at the side. Like, did you? Was it? I guess you sort of fell on your feet a bit there. Well, no, the way I, it happened. I, I skipped nippering, so yeah. I, I sort of skipped the nippering kind of thing. But I once um sort of I guess Northern Star came in, then that sort of happened to be this change. So um, I basically went from mag keeping to trucking. And sort of did, I think I did about 18 months on the truck, um, service crew, did my service crew time and then sort of then went into charge up and sort of towards the end I started learning a bit of long haul but um, I just didn't really get, I didn't have that much time on it to be honest but it, it was good. I sort of managed to work my way through 
and um, yeah, and got a bit of everything. So, and I'll, I sort of did the development and the production sort of charge up sort of side of things as well. So, I was thinking you were going to say you, you're one of those great stories, like, oh, just mad keeping that no charge up people. <laughs> I just went straight bloody just, into it, just mad talking it. <laughs> no, no, you know, it was good though, but I mean, that's how I, and then by the time I sort of got to sort of service crew. A few of the guys like who were doing development and stuff at the time, because they kind of knew I was on service crew, that like but when it was getting towards the end of shift, they were they'd sort of call up and be like, Yeah, we're gonna need Robbo. <laughs> Cause they knew I knew sort of, you know, I wasn't like a well, charge up. A big gun. No, bring well, it. it was just an extra pair of hands, right? Yeah, so and because they kind of knew what like I had an idea of what I was doing, even though I hadn't sort of, I guess, progressed that far, but because of the mag keeping kind of passed, yeah. I was at least handy, like I was another sort of set of hands so they'd come and get me i think to you know my leading hands disgust and i'd <laughs> of course just go i think i pissed him off a little bit but he's probably trying to go up to bloody charge i was like oh bloody robo's a little favorite here yeah so yeah. no and i love that like i i still love you know like i loved that end of shift like all hands on deck like the adrenaline and Good fun, you can't you still can't beat it like nah. it was you know, and you're getting the cuts that you didn't think you would get and yeah. everyone's, like, pulling together as a team and, like, yeah. that's that's the cool part of it. Like, that's the mm. part that, you know, actually is the best part of anything underground, I think. Oh, yeah, you can't beat it. But, like, it's it's when you get everyone helping at the end, that's when there's a amount of fucking toes that get left because <laughs> like, every boss is doing bloody lifters. Ah, that'll do this. Oh, just the bloody shit. you have helping you this time? Like. Like, yeah, be like, who did those bloody lifters today? <laughs> shit, yeah. But, yeah, I suppose you've got to weigh up. Good fun. You just fix it the next start. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what, it's not the end of the world. So did you, as you said, come over just not having any fucking clue what this mining business no, was all about? Once no you, idea. Once you've seen it from coming from the, the farm girl background you're talking about, was it like, oh, this is what I'm made for? This is cool. I just thought it was really cool. Like mm. there wasn't sort of, you know, my first time underground, I thought, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? Like I still <laughs> remember like being in the ute getting taken underground for the first time. And I was like, this is not what I was expecting. Like I was, and what do you expect? Do you think it was going to be tiny? Everyone everyone thinks it's going to be tinier. Yeah, I think they do. But it's sort of, I don't know, like I genuinely had no expectations at that time. And so when we actually did, I was like, wow. And then, you, you know, the truck's going past and like, you know, you're hearing the radio and I was like, this is actually really cool. And I, I actually just, Loved it from the start. Like I just thought it was just a really cool thing to to do, and it was a big challenge, you know. And I was like, "This is, you know." I and I, at that time too, like I'd moved to Cal, thinking, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be there for six months or twelve months. Mm. I ended up being there for like almost eight years. So yeah, like it was completely um, no plan, absolutely no plan. But um, no, it's one of the the best things I ever did. You know? Isn't it crazy? You look back on it now. I know I do. Like you look at what you're doing now, and we'll get into that later. <laughs> but it's like, how the hell has all this happened? Just from not knowing I anything know. about mining to literally uh, your whole life depends on it in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and you're at, advising people at that on time it. too. Like, I mean, I, I left Victoria with a mortgage. Like, I had a house in Victoria, and then I got another one, and I was like, shit, like I've got to pay the bills. <laughs> like, you know. So, um. 
it was. It did become, you know, like a, the money was good and the roster was good. And I, you know, like I think prior to moving to Cal, you know, I was basically just working and paying off my mortgage. And I used to do a lot of traveling and stuff like that as well. And so that had kind of, you know, been put to the side because I had responsibilities now, you know, like I had to you know, rates and mortgage, all that fun stuff that they don't tell you about when you're like 22 that you think that you're still going to have all this money to party every weekend, which I (laughs) somehow still manage. But there's always Mm. a way. But, um, yeah, so um, and then, yeah, and then I guess that side of it then became, you know, I I was able to travel again and, you know, my lifestyle then changed and, you know, I met people from all walks of life and from all over Australia or the world, really. Like, it's so diverse in Cal. So, um, no, it was a massive eye-opener, massive. What it, so, when did you, like, everyone's hanging on because the most popular yarns I've had are <laughs> charge-up. Everyone loves talking about charge-up. Mostly, yeah. Everyone loves the carnage stories. They're the, they're the, they're the best. We'll get into them at some point if you've got any to divulge. <laughs> but when did the, when did the big charge up career happen? Because it's, it's obviously led you to what you're doing today with yeah, Orica. Yeah, so I think I was on charge up. I was, must have been sort of. 2016. I think I did my shop for I was about 2017. I think, but I, I basically did that for three or four years. So. And I, and it's funny when I got sort of hijacked to do this, I actually had to like hijack's go, a good word. Yeah, yeah. It, it complete hijack, <laughs> complete yeah. hijacking. Um, so I I actually had to start thinking back and it, like because I haven't you know I haven't been underground for a couple of years now, yeah. apart from I guess doing you know a bit of stuff with um, who I'm with now. But you know, um, yeah, I was like, and the memories start coming back of like you know, who who you worked with and, you know, like just different little things that happened and, yeah, it's been a real sort of deja vu because you, you actually start thinking about things again. Like I was like, ah, mm. oh, like that happened or I remember when that <laughs> happened or such and such and it was good actually. So, um, yeah, but. Um, well, how did you, you first get, I guess, the full-time gig charging? Was, or was it like in the. Like stoping development, like where'd you bloody I started first off development. sink your teeth in? Yeah, I started off development and I really loved that. I, I was really lucky. I had, there was some really great guys um, and Rubicon at that time was, it was really busy. Like there was quite a few jumbos there and it was a busy, busy mine. And so it was sort of sink or swim a little bit. But like, to be honest, I, I had a great bunch of blokes that I worked with that kind of, you know, they showed me the ropes and they were very good at what they did. Like they were very organised and there was a lot of banter and a lot of fun and, and it just made it that much better too. So um, I did a bit of time on development and then from there, there was a production role become available, but it, it, I, I'd sort of been on Red Crew for basically the start of my mining career and to kind of get that full-time, you know, production charge up role I then had to change crews and even though it was the same panel which was which was good but um so yeah you switched the days to nights yeah so exactly so that was you know it was like well you know what I I love my crew and all that sort of stuff but it was sort of you know if I don't do it well then you know someone else is going to do it so um so I went from development then to production so that was then had it and and again I was very lucky I had some guys there that took a lot of time and showed me all the the right and wrong things to do it and the easy and the hard ways. So, 
Um, and then I basically did probably bulk of my time then on production. So, um, yeah, I got a really good sort of, um, I guess, uh, like a really good sort of vast sort of experience on lots of different things that were happening at Rubicon that, at that time too. So um, at, that we were going sort of um, dual lifts and triple lifts and quad lifts and, you know, the up and, you know, a lot of downhole stuff, a lot of rises and, and bits and pieces like that as well. So, um, no, it was a really good um, exposure to, to lots of different things at that time when I was doing it. So, um, no, I was, produ- I was... Production's very niche, isn't it? Very niche it little is. market. And it's not, and it's you're... not for everyone. Like, you know, it's, some people say, oh, it's too slow and it's frustrating and this and that. But I, you definitely, it's one of those things that you sort of got to work slower to work faster mm. in, in some regard, you know, like I guess that's part of the uh, the saying that goes underground anyway. Sometimes you've got to slow down to speed up. So, um, but yeah, production, there's a little, just a bit more kind of, um, a bit more involved in the way of getting things prepped right and having a good base before you even start charging because if you don't, then it's going to turn around and mm. backfire well it's all I, I look at it like looking out at the garden there is like those like you know the tight those tiles <laughs> i've got these tiles on the garden yeah it's like those those the stone cladding and i, I laid in myself <laughs> fucking shit it was, very, very proud this will come back to charge up i promise <laughs> we'll i promise there. but it's like they're all perfectly right angled and it's like you just got to get that first layer absolutely perfect supported glued in and just once it's in, everything just goes from there. It's yep. just all, you just slap them on and it's just all. And like production, like in terms of probably blocking off, especially logging and everything. Correct. It's all just set up, isn't it? And I think The more too, shit you got to trip, trip over, the more chance you got to break hundred percent. So it's sort of all that, you know, like making sure that you actually got a really good, clear sort of work area before you even start. And actually looking at your plans and even, you know, like the – the drill returns and stuff like that, you know, making sure that what's on your plan to what's physically there is actually, you know, there mm. because, you know, people do stuff up and make mistakes and can miss a hole and, or you know. miss it, a ring. And like, miss a ring. And, you know, yeah, like, it's a, like back. we're human, right? So, you know, yeah. mistakes do happen. And if you've missed all those steps and just started charging and you get to the point where you're either – all out of sequence or yeah you know you you really it can be a real mess so yeah. taking your time does does definitely oh and paint how handy is paint for like especially once you blow it up and it's covered in dust yes. um because I, I, I did one with megzy dennis Byrne, and tezza churston from tasman we did a production one and what did he say he's, he said because the amount of times you know you'd you'd think you're at that ring, but the actual ring you're supposed to charge is up under the bloody brow and you're right. ringing out for the whole That's thing. That's right. That's what he says. He says count from the count from the, from back, the back of the stove. Forward, yeah. 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 Because that way you know you and you're not missing anything. And you know, I guess having everything painted up on your walls and you spray paint's your best friend mm. on charge up. So um just having everything, especially if you're working with like a fan design and stuff like that as well, because they're not necessarily all going to be in line. They're gonna when they're dumped, they're bloody that's right. Shit going they, could, yeah. they could be all out of line. So it's making sure that, you know, you are actually getting all the right rings so that when it does say coming to logging stuff, you're actually logging the right holes with the mm. right, you know, delays and all that sort of stuff as well. So yeah, it's there's a little bit more to it and it can be 
really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So, um, I think it probably you know probably a little bit OCD at times. So it kind of you know, like the the, the kind it, of yeah. steps, <laughs> the yeah. step the the progress kind of um I guess uh worked worked in my favour a little bit. So. Yeah. Now, before we get into the bloody how-to 101s, tips and tricks from the guru (laughs) herself, um, you you, you mentioned a lot about a lot of people that helped you along the way. Have you got any notable mentions that people have paid you to give for them? Oh, no, I couldn't say that there's necessarily just one. There's not because, you know, like I was lucky, like I had some really great, operators that I, I've worked with, like um, experienced guys that have just got, you know, they, you know, guys that had worked on the Golden Mile for like, you know, they, they've been mining all their life, you know, and they could give you the best tips and, and all that sort of stuff. So there wasn't probably anyone specifically. Like I think I was very blessed in the fact that I got to work with some really awesome people. Like I genuinely did. Um, I can probably say Loretta Davidson. I'm going to probably throw her under the bus here but uh she was she was brilliant she was on charge up when I was mad keeping and Mm. you know like she was um she was amazing um and and still a really great friend of mine and stuff like that as well so um yeah like I think you know there was like a lot of the development guys on on different panels and stuff like that as well like if you were doing overtimes like they they were brilliant like honestly like I was really really lucky that you know, they were all really helpful and, you know, give you the confidence to kind of, you know, keep going and, and, you know, like do a good job and all that sort of stuff. So there was some guys that had some really good, like they were really organised and, um, you know, had their little ways and, and it was good. I had a really great variety. So there wasn't probably anyone I would say necessarily in particular, but it, no matter sort of what I did, whether it was service crew or whether it was charge up or whether it was, I don't know, um, even mad keeping like there was a lot of really great people that were more than willing to kind of help you out if you were keen and you wanted to learn mm. like they were more than happy to to help you out or you know try and give you a better way or an easier way of doing things so um it was just being willing to learn and listen and and take it on board i think that was that was the main thing because you, you probably learn off Everyone, don't you like? Like, you do. uh, if you I, I learn and charge up, you don't just don't just go ask no, the charge even, up, ask it's the even, jumbos, and as it's well. even the bogger operators and stuff yeah. like that as well. Like, it's not because they've like, done shitloads of it too, usually. Well, a hundred percent, and you know, and it all links, right? Like, it, you know, what you do, whether it's service crew, bogger, charge up, jumbo, what the flow on it. There's always that flow on mm. effect. You're always basically going back there the next day or the next shift or whatever. So getting things right and knowing what makes things better for even the bogger ops or the charger coming in or jumbos or whatever, like it all links together. And it you think you're only doing maybe, you know, your job being service crew, but it still has this massive flow on effect down the line. So Yeah, no, um, I ain't got one the other week. Like, uh, it was a couple, few months ago, sorry. But one of the bogger op comes says, oh, pull your, pull your outside lifters up a couple hundred mil and it bloody it'll curve the edge of your face and it's easy for the bogger to do the yeah. get the corners out and it's like oh yeah piece of piss i'll do that but i love don't. drilling short holes so <laughs> i've got no drama don't there. have to ask, be asked twice yeah yeah and it's like but that was just that was his part of the cycle I'm like yep sweet as i can yeah, do that no, I'm like, i think everyone great thing to learn. you know everyone 
has something to contribute absolutely like and i to think that it's not going to affect things further down the line is mm. and it's all those little things that you don't because you're not necessarily doing that job every day like it um you know it all it all sort of helps you know so mm. um yeah well, I reckon see, we'll go on the chronological order of your charging <laughs> career. You said you started on development. Um, I'd love to ask, like, but you just can't. I'm like, I'd love to just say, right, who are the shittest operators to oh, follow? Oh, God, I'm not going to end. No. Oh, that'd be They'll so much say fun. It's me. <laughs> oh, but I oh, know. But, um, what what was some of the best or some of the best jumbos and that to follow or, or, or more so how was a face presented to you when you'd walk in and say yeah this is good I'm happy with I this I think it's just it, it's sort of the whole thing of housekeeping and and just like I think too with and a good habit that I got into with a few of the guys like you know I guess it's funny. I think sometimes mining can cause you to have some trust issues, as in you get told one thing and you get down there and it's completely different. Yeah, she's all good, mate. Yeah, yep. it's all good. <laughs> and then it's not all good. So I think um, I think one of the things and, and a few of the guys, like they were always checking where the jumbos are at or, you know, they'd go and make sure that that was actually going to happen. Yet we're definitely going to get that. <laughs> No. And so, usually the more confident they sound, the less likely it's going to happen. 100%. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, <laughs> but I think just going into any sort of, I guess, workplace after Jumbo or even the long holes being in, you know, and having things marked up or, and even, I guess, before they've even pulled out, like, you you know, maybe like, you know, well, where's the burn? Like, you know, because that's going to then dictate on you know, what numbers you're running and all that sort of stuff as well. So you, you're sort of going in already knowing what's there. So um, I think, you know, communication is obviously a huge thing in, in that. But, um, yeah, like I think just having things spray painted up and if there is going to be anything different, like you know about it before you get there because mm. that's when it throws a spanner in the works, when yeah. you get the un unpredicted or what you think you should have been told to what's actually there. Yeah, where's that shot aisle primer gone? What room is that broken in? It's all, poof, it's gone. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think, you know, I think your workplace is definitely um, just a, a big, you know, that can make life easy, as, as hard or as easy as you want it to be, really. And quantity of dirt would have to be a, um, a big one. <laughs> Buried like a... It's like, oh, fuck, I cannot see one piece of literature. Oh, yeah, we've all, you know, we've all been on that pelican pick, mate. So, um, oh. and even, you know, I think too, like, but even the bog, like some of the bog rops that were really good, like they, if they had to go in and when they were doing their cleanup, like protecting that, you know, putting rags, you know, at the start of the hole to try and protect, you know, the mm. holes from any crap getting in there. So you're not got block lifters and trying to, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a snowball effect. Mm, mm. Oh, it got even the jumbo. It's just pretty simple because I, I, I hate using a Pelican pig. I'd rather use the <laughs> 2000 volt ones on the front, but like even just, you could just, just flick the lifter tubes out with the steel. Like if you just flick it around, they just pop up. Yeah. But that can say, because uh, the, the way I look at it, it's like, well, if I can't see it, <laughs> There's a good chance they're not going to charge it. <laughs> that's that's right. And, so, and I'm going to have to deal with the shit if, um, tomorrow. Yeah, if you're not willing to, if you, I guess it's sort of, you know, I guess if you're willing to leave it like that, then 
are you expecting someone? Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess it's like. Especially at five o'clock. Well, that's right. Zero often, chance of you it getting know, dug like, out. You're sort of looking at like, oh. That fun period we were talking about. That's right. <laughs> it is the fun period. Did you? It's either the fun or the, cr- like, you just. The fun or the carnage yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. Did you do Info Emulsion for development, both um, one of? Info or? was sort of development more so. And then production, we had emulsion. Um, and then later on, we went sort of emulsion with development as well. So a mm. bit of a cross-section, but I, I didn't really charge with um, with AMFO for production, which probably saved my arms a, a lot of Good. <laughs> a lot of work. And your eyes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I remember just the powder, that, that AMFO powder on the upholes. Oh, I'm not claiming I did shitloads, but it did a little bit. But um, the powder coming down in your overalls and it's oh, just, yeah. oh. You're wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah it's it's in horrendous. your eyes and it's everywhere. So, um, no. I, Yeah. They were both like, a, look, they were. Development wasn't too bad with obviously Anfo and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, production, there's definitely more of an art to Anfo production than, mm. I mean, uh, Especially emulsion, absolutely. There's still, there's still an art there as well. But, yeah, like I guess even, you know, wet holes and then lining holes, with you know, like there's a lot more that you've got to get prepared for if, you, if you're charging oh, your, your Anfo. I so. mean, fucking whole liners. God, you rarely see them go smoothly. No. But, um, what what um what about the what perimeter products were you using when you were doing it? Um, perimeter like so it was mainly the the buddies. So we do buddies. What's the buddies? Like the butt busters. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then with um with emulsion we would use like a point six in the yep. perimeter and then swap it over. So what what were the butt busters? So they're they're just it. like a coiled um basically plastic they're just and you put your your debt in one end and basically it's like your isonol really it's like an yep. isonol but it's just in one long sort of plastic sort of sheathing and, and is it made out of the petn stuff it's like a thin sleeve yeah of it? uh it's it's got it's got like the i think the isonol sort of um because it is sort of got that powdery kind of um you know uh stuff in it um but yeah it's mainly got like uh it's just and then it's got like little sort of black um almost like little black spiders on it so it sort of keeps it more centralized and stuff like that as well so um we use sort of them in development and then but that was obviously when we're info and stuff we wouldn't do that for um emulsion did you did you notice a better performance with them compared to low density like, would that really snap off a good half barrel I think with the butt I, busters look there's i i think people always there's the, always that sort of you know is info or emulsion better to charge with or um so but they always i mean you always wanted to see those half barrels right so yeah. in your in your perimeter you wanted to protect your protect all your sides and, and your backs and stuff like that so um, they always like they seem to always leave a nice sort of half barrel, but I mean, I guess it's you know if they're charged right and you're getting everything to the back if of the hole. They're bored right yeah, and bored yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, they were they were they were good. They were easy, and you know you just take them down and off you went. So um, yeah, but then with the emulsion too, I guess with that you sort of had to make sure that you were getting out of that that lower impact stuff before you actually started charging. 
the face because yeah, that was yeah, that was sort of the, you had to time it. Yeah, yeah, get your timing right so you're actually. Because um, how many holes did you sort when you, once you hit the button to switch from point six or point eight back to one? I think it was like six to eight. You charge and then you'd swap it. You'd swap yeah, it yeah. over so that by the time you got to the the end, yeah, you were actually back into your. Normal. So once you get down to grade lawn, you yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, it was um. These see, these are all the things I'm trying to uh, ah just, to just remember just now. Just start with like- confidence, <laughs> and as long as you look confident, it's pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, I think it was it's like we're like talking about. Nah, trust of- me, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of you just kind of knew like you're almost at that shoulder, and off, you switched it over, and off you went yeah. again. So yeah, no, it was um. It was good. I think it's – I spoke to, to Mr. Lovett when we talked about, you know, the age-old debate, Info versus Emulsion for development. I think, and as he said, Info is just so much more forgiving and because it's got that heave. Yes. Because I've been sort of tinkering at work thinking like um, – just seems like Emulsion if you – so if you drill everything full biscuit, like full-length holes and say you've got a hole that you've drilled in a cavity and that goes past where the void is – it's just got when it's got it's nowhere to, to go. Yeah. Emulsion just that's where it creates all the butt on the face. Yeah. Whereas Ampho, because it seems like if it's a bit because it's that bit slower, it's just got that extra time to sort of break something out. Yeah. Whereas it seems like if emulsion goes past anything or overburden, as Mister Lovett said in his, <laughs> like it just it just does nothing. That's right. And that's what creates all the shit on the face. Yeah. Everyone says, "Oh, emulsion's bloody shit for development compared to info." I think it's uh, you it's just you just got to be so much more yeah, on it when you're bored. And there's always look, there's pros and cons, but I think um, you know, and I think people get used to using a certain. They they probably understand and know have a good understanding of that product too. But it just takes time, and and you you know you're not necessarily going to you know you might start out you know, have done an AMFO and then you go to emulsion and mm. it they're not exactly the same. So no. I guess it's just adjusting and, and getting it right and then And you see you see when the um if they switch to emulsion they'll uh, I've seen plenty of people they'll char- start charging with emulsion but push the primer up, then pull the hose back. Yeah. Like they do with and info. You, and you don't like, no, need no, no, to do push that. that, get that no, hold that at the end, bus. You want it the full length of that hole, right? So, and you want to push the water out of the back. That's right. So, Once the primer goes off in the water and ejects the whole hole, you're uh, not really getting much happening there. No, no. <laughs> don't want to see that. Yeah. Right. The production sounds like so you would just say you're a production guru for your oh. Just say it. You're a production <laughs> guru. But was that your um? You you said you, that's what you that's did most of. That's probably like I did a definitely a longer stint on production than I did development. Yeah. Oh, let's talk production. Oh, How gosh. exciting! Down well, yeah. Down holes, up holes. Where do you bloody start? As you said, so you did a lot of triple, like you know, the big multi ring up down. Yeah, there big was diameter like, yeah, holes. Absolutely, and like they're even, the good fun. Yeah, and even yeah. taking out like your cross cuts and stuff like that, because you're obviously then doing your north and south. And there's so many, you know, that's they're yeah. quite big panels. I mean, underground, you know, you're sort of working in a very confined sort of space. So I mean, your panels aren't necessarily that big, like depending on your ground conditions mm. and all that sort of stuff as well. So. When you're taking out your cross cuts and stuff and you're sort of taking out the north and the south side, I guess the one for that one was making sure you had your north and your south, your paperwork and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd be you doing know, 360s sure in the drive. Make sure you're prepping yeah, exactly yeah. what you need to be in charge of, what you're actually meant to be charging yeah, and all that sort sure of stuff. Make sure the engineers haven't fucked the plans up in oh. the direction like because that would <laughs> never have happened before. Well, how about let's say, let's say you are going in Robbo back in a heyday oh, when God. she was bloody the production leading hand 
bloody charge-up guru. You're walking into one of these big, say, intersection firings up, down, up holes, down holes, there's bloody shit everywhere you go on them for the prep. Set the scene of how you used to attack a big bloody job that might take a couple of days. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you're talking about your workplace, your setup and, and all that sort of things. Set the scene. Spin I the yarn like an old fishing tail, Oh, jeez. Um, look, I think the first thing was basically like just getting in there and having a look at everything, like doing your whole count, making sure that you know exactly, you know, because they may have started drilling part of the next panel and stuff mm. like that as well. So you're wanting to know exactly. So, I, you know, mark the wall of where your last sort of ring was, where you were basically working from. And especially like if you had the up holes and the down holes and stuff like that, like you you obviously wanted to protect your, your down holes because if you've got to work over them, if you're sort of having to almost drive through that panel. Dropping rocks in them and yeah. All that sort of stuff. So, mm -hmm. you you know, we had sponges and stuff like that to just try and basically protect them and, and spray painting them up and trying to not, you know, drive the, the norm at over your, your collars or anything like that. So um, just taking care of making sure that that was all sort of clean and tidy and all that sort of stuff. And then I guess too just, um, you know, with using air to actually, you know, check that, that all your drill finds and all that sort of stuff that could be up the hole and everything are, are all clear and, um, you know, and you are actually getting the length and there isn't, you know, and, and hearing if there is, you know, a breakthrough or, you know, there are holes going into, you know, at least then your, you know, your charge plans sort of become like your, the they, they document of where you're documenting everything, right? Mm, so you're knowing Bible. and you're recording everything and, and at least then you've, you've done all your prep and whatever and you can at least go to the engineers or, or whoever and, and say, well, look, this is actually what's happening and you've got all those recordings and everything down on, on those charge plans or, you know, using those drill returns as as a reference as well so you know exactly what's happened or what the ground's like before you've even sort of started, you know, if they've gotten bogged or, or whatever because of it could be ground conditions and stuff like that as well. So you sort of know what to expect before you even, even start. So that's definitely part of it for sure. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll talk about the down holes. Uh, Block. Well, I won't even talk. We won't, we'll get to blocking off. But like prepping down holes, technique, especially ones that don't break through, full of water, yeah. bloody shit flying everywhere. You can turn this into an absolute <laughs> mess for yourself. You can. Um, take us through the, you know, I use think, of the stopos there. Where to put your foot to bloody spray the water away from I know. yourself? Well, like, I, what was I your think, technique? Yeah, there? I think the thing it's it's always making sure that you've got all your meters marked on your on your stopo, so you know you're exactly how like how far or whether you you know even if you haven't you've got a breakthrough or whatever as well um but yeah you always want to put your gum boot over and shoot that water <laughs> somewhere else it's it's you, you you've definitely been on charge of when you've copped a <laughs> copped a full uh spray of uh water out of those down holes but um yeah it's just um so and, did, you, did you just sort of because obviously they're all going to be on different angles. So oh yeah, and you don't want to necessarily douse angle. your douse your your workmate in uh, in water either. So <laughs> you sort of just got them and it, away from the rest of the holes and stuff because you don't want to spray out water and then get it down yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, so yeah. and even then, if they were really full, like you wouldn't really need to just jam it up too much anyway. Like you just don't need to go crazy with the air. You sometimes yeah. you can just get it up enough where it's just going to tr almost trickle out as well. So yeah, right. So don't don't crank the hose. Well, I wouldn't necessarily like 
just build it up. I think that's probably more the yeah. don't just go full full oh, air necessarily <laughs> straight away cause, and then hold on to it as well because I mean I think we've all probably at some point or another sm- got a when it starts coiling and smacked just- across the face or done something <laughs> yeah. like that so um and yeah and because of the water too it's obviously that pressure so you need to make sure that you're you've actually got hold of it and you know you're not obviously putting yourself or anyone else at at risk or anything like that mm. either so you know um when you were using emulsion up for downholes, did you still go to the effort to blow all the water out, or is it a is it a visible or such what's a the- critical thing? Like it, it would depend on how much water was in there. Like if it, if they're really full, yeah, I'd probably try and get a bit out of there because you don't want to necessarily have to, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to be able to get your booster exactly where you want it. Yeah. Um, and so that was part of you know if you were putting, um boosters down wet holes you always had them at the end of your your hose and just slowly went down you couldn't just drop a booster down yeah. there expect it to end up where you where you think it's going to be so um and that's where you had to take your time with that sort of stuff like it was that you know work slower to work faster kind of mm. thing because you at least they knew that you know, and I, I'd have my emulsion hose even, you know, I had all that metre marked and stuff as well. I had my 5 and 10 and 15 and 20 or whatever it was doing because I then knew exactly where I needed to stop um, and where my booster needed to be as well. So you had a, had a reference always of where, where that was. So, um, and keeping an eye on those too because we used to just use um, like your lecky tape and stuff around the emulsion hose and that way it wasn't going in and out of the reel and through the chains and stuff like that as well. So just had plenty of hose and making sure that you actually had the the uh, enough room to, um, you know, move around your stope as easy as possible and not get tangled and all that sort of stuff as mm. well and move the rig if you need to. So, um, yeah. What about what about the blocking off of down aisles? That's a way there's – Plenty of ways to skin a cat here. There is, there is. Jeez, you could probably sell some Orica products while you're at it here. But, um, well, I, I think to the most part, like we were kind of lucky, like a lot of them were sort of, we, we could bottle brush a lot, but it was also making, like dependent on how deep those holes were too. Like obviously. So the weight of the column. The weight like, yeah. of, you know, what was going to actually, and, and you know, even the, like the, um, you know, what size holes they were, you know, whether are they, you know, the 89s or, or whatever or going bigger again? So it was just taking into consideration, I guess, well, this is this deep. Uh, bottle brush probably isn't going to mm. gonna necessarily cut it. So Were you just going like as in just a bottle brush by itself or were you putting the rope on the bottle brush? or Rope on the bottle brush and then what we'd do is we'd tie off around the, the collar. So we'd have the collar pipe. pipe. Yeah, Yeah. around the collar Collar pipe. pipe, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that way you weren't tripping over more rope. Yeah, that's, yeah, because when you get the. Because if you time off, yeah, if you time off to the mesh, it's all right if they're to either side, but the ones in the middle and, and, you know, like it becomes more of a trip hazard. You're getting your hose caught, all that Mm. sort of stuff. So we used to basically, you know, cut a little slit in our collar pipe so that the rope would slip down yep. and then you just basically tie off or even the packing tape um that was that was fine like 20 meter holes that that was no problem problems at all so yep. um they they'd hold on fine so you just want to and the other thing we used to do as well was um we would say if we had the packing tape we'd tie off around the ring and then we'd actually put electrical tape along the there's sort of like a little 
after the bottle brush itself. It's about that long. And we tie off there so that once we pulled up, it was actually not trying to kink over. So yeah. you were keeping that really straight line all the way through, which which worked well. So um, there's lots of little tricks and stuff like mm. to make things easier for yourself. But, um, but even then, even um, using bags, like, you know, blowing up those bags and the stuff. Balls, yeah, yeah. The balls and bags, yeah. They, they're probably your most, are they your most reliable for the bigger diameter? They are for the columns. bigger diameter, yeah. diameter one. You still need to put some, like a bit of dirt and stuff and, you know, you, you're still wanting to make sure you're, you're also protecting that bag as well, you know, mm. and not putting anything too sort of, you know. Um, drill find's always great for that sort of stuff. Like, you know, it becomes a little bit of a cushion and then also protects that that airbag as well. Yeah, I think they use, yeah, I, don't, what they, I suppose everywhere is different. They always say chuck half a metre of stem and or drill finds Correct. on top of it to... So it just doesn't blow the arse end out of it when it goes off. That's right. Yeah. So, and it's all, yeah, you just want to, you're sort of trying to, you're trying to protect your prep. Like, you know, Mm. you protect your prep so that, you you know, you're actually charging, you know, you're charging exactly how you want to and getting things right. Like doing all that time and taking the time doing all that prep makes the whole charge up process so much quicker and easier so because there's the bags isn't there the, those bags where you press the button and they yeah, slowly they inflate but it's like you got to get but it you, you got to get your timing right yeah, otherwise you're like oh, half shit. The yeah. whole <laughs> <laughs> trying to like pop the bag and like push it through or something like that but you know that's um but if you can do them from like sometimes you're you're lucky enough to be able to get them from the bottom too you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's good so. um what about block Shitty ground block downholes. What were your techniques on uh, clearing those out? It really, it it really depended. Like I mean, we would we were sort of had some of the um, the slotted poly. I don't know if if you have that at at some of the sites, but um, that, yeah, for emulsion, hey. So that yeah, yeah that's more of the... more emulsion and stuff. But that at least then protected your holes, and you actually had your booster where you wanted it. Did they um, put that down when they drilled it or you put it uh, down? Sometimes it depends. Like most of the time um, the long hole operators would do it and they'd sort of, again, tie it off and make sure that it wasn't going to slip and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you'd get a bit of ground movement and stuff and you'd have to try and get them out and try and basically um, see if you can, I guess, get them unblocked and, and mm. clear them out and stuff. Um, but then again, sometimes you just had to get the, the drill back in mm. there and which was, you know, you hated doing it, but there was just sometimes no other way or there could be whole, a whole ring that, you know, there's just a bad, bad sort of spot or a bad part of the ground where you just, you just got to bite the bullet and yeah. get them back in there. So. Well, I, I, we used to take a shank. An old busted jumbo shank. Yeah. I don't know if it's advisable, but like we used to <laughs> like because there might be just a couple of rocks lodged there and blocking the hole, and yep. you just chuck it on a bit of rope and just drop it, and just that'd sort of clear sometimes, it. Sometimes, yeah. I, but I mean, then look, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's just controlling the air and stuff as well. Um, you just had to be careful of what you're like. You had what to be confident. Whatever you're putting down there, you got to be able to get back out, yeah. right? So I've people use scaling bars because they're a bit longer and then they get wedged in there yeah, and it's a bloody it's disaster. Just, yeah, absolutely. Shanks worked well, I've found. Yeah, dropping a shank on rope yeah. and then just pull it back out. That used, And sometimes it didn't work and just didn't unblock it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I might be advising things that are in, <laughs> uh, that are in procedures not to do. But I should be right. I've got no liability. Oh, look, and there's no – I don't think there's any necessarily right or wrong way. It's just, you know, uh, getting your – you know, I guess 
everyone's got their own little nicks and knacks of doing things. So, um, you know, I think the air was always, you know, like if you could and like trying to move it around or whatever, using the air to your advantage and getting the hose where you needed it to and stuff like that as Mm -hmm. well. So, um, yeah, but, you know, the solder poly did sort of help to the most part with that. And sometimes like there was, you know, like there was some where we, you know, we got the okay and we just had to swap out a few of the the holes for instead of like the the bigger sort of boosters, we just went a smaller size because we could get them down oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And just swap out, yeah, sort of, because there was, you know, they were most part double or triple prime depending on your length. So yeah. um, swapping those out too, not having to try and fit, you know, like a, a bigger, larger booster down there, um, that, that sort of helped as well. So yeah. um, if it had somehow squeezed or whatever, you're still able to get those sort of, you know, get those smaller ones through when uh when you're talking about getting drills back in there as well when we did the megs he said say if you got 89 mil holes that have been yeah. drilled with tubes uh they'd send back a sender you know might be a smaller rig that's got the t38 or t45 rods on it and it always always fucks out because they they start cleaning the holes and flushing it out but then all the f- cuttings bind up behind the rods and you can't get the rods out so they said if you if it's a bigger hole you've got to clean it out with the tubes with that rig because they it might seem easier just run the smaller tubes but then you get a whole string bogged and then it it. just becomes an iron it's a bloody then you got to drill out there just for the flow and effect yeah yes that was a good deal i didn't even know i didn't know that until he told me little things hey oh it's it's lucky we've got a podcast to tell all these people these things amazing now the downhole charging with emulsion the Mm. technique so especially when you said so i have the half the holes full of water yeah um ensuring that you get the primer down and flush the water out what's the bloody technique advisable by the book technique from lord of charging robo here <laughs> how long to hold the hose down for to get the what's the, what's the go how did you do it you're just basically wanting to make sure that like you're feeling that pressure pull back like you don't want the hose i guess floating in that water and you know you mm. wanting to make sure so you want to sort of have that water above your emulsion so that you know, you're going to start seeing that water sort of slowly flow out. Mm. Um, so, and you used to like, once you were sort of through that water, you could hear that noise too. So you don't want to be overcharging your holes and stuff like that, but just with the water, you could just keeping enough pressure on was enough. It's hard because you, you do learn you, to get that feel for yeah. it. Um, down holes without emulsion, like you always heard that noise you wanted to be above it. So you, you were always listening to hear, you know, that just that that spray within the hole as well. So you're just tr- keeping slightly above that and just taking your time. And then once it gets you sort of getting up close to where you're going to finish your, your collar or, you know, um, how much, um, you know, you're going to, whether it's like a meter or whatever, you, you sort of um, not charging or whatever. So, um and just you can, then you're seeing the emulsion come up as well. So you're, it's mm. even up holes down. It's all about the noise, mm. you know. It's all about what you're hearing. You can hear that that spray onto onto sort of the emulsion. You're just hearing that no- noise the whole time. And I think it was every couple of pumps you'd sort of move it back a little bit, and you're just trying to hear that noise oh, all the yeah, way yeah. through. So um, if you're not hearing that noise, you might be a bit slow, and you, you're probably just starting to sort of maybe overcharging your holes a little bit there so hearing that noise is something but it's it's just you know the more you do it and mm. the, you, you hear those little things if, if i didn't hear it then i thought oh shit I, I might be charging a bit slow or again you just have to 
take your time and you get you know the pumps of the rig and stuff like that you get used to the rig that you're charging with so I sort of knew where I was just with hearing you know the pumps from the charge up or uh, from the charge rig and and hearing that noise you know um the emulsion coming out of the hole and uh the hose and stuff like that as well so how long, how long did you usually hold it at the bottom of the column for so if just, it was just, full just a, of water. probably just a couple of pumps probably and then i just slowly you know making sure that it was just more making sure that that booster had enough around it so it wasn't going to move you'd move that water out already and then yeah. you could you know you could always bring it back a bit faster but not bit it's just making sure that you're not getting too far away because otherwise you're going to be leaving gaps within yeah. within the hole itself so uh, so you're trying to essentially keep the tip of that hose in the product or just, just above the product just basically if it was down holes you're just wanting it a bit behind so i'd probably like when i did it and look this is the way i did it um i'd bring it up say half a meter to a meter and then wait for that noise to come up it gets louder and louder and yeah, then yeah. come up again oh, louder yeah. so and louder come it. up again yeah so I, I that was the noise that i knew that i was actually charging everything fully and that I was actually getting the product where it needed to be and all that sort of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's funny the little things that, mm. you know. Oh, it'd be ringing in your ear at the moment, it, those, it those, those bloody like, emulsion it's taken, memories. It's <laughs> taking me back. And, and that was the thing. It was like when I got bloody told that I was doing this, I was like, shit, I've got to try and remember all my little Oh, you've had a couple things. of months in here, are you? <laughs> Out of it, sorry. You've had a couple of months to remember it all. Oh, right. God. Um, did you... When you were doing, did you have the computer like it was like computer charging where you'd put in your design, all your design <laughs> collar length and whatever, and it did it for you, or did you have ones emulsion where you actually had to do it yourself? Just we base. I think we did have that for a little bit, but it just it in the end we just ended up doing it ourselves. So and I think too it was like we had our charge plans there we knew where it, where the boosters and stuff needed to be and it wasn't really we you know we had what density the, the product they wanted whether it was you know 0.8 or 1.0 or whatever yeah. so we we to the most part just did it ourselves so um yeah we didn't have to worry about about that at all so yeah. um yeah no it was, it was what good. did you do double when you like double or triple prime and your down holes mm-hmm. um were you dropping primes down as you were charging or what was it? Were you always pulling the hose out to chuck your second one in? What was your go there? Uh, it's a bit of a bugger, the old downhole, double, triple prime. But uh, uh, to the most part, like, and the, getting the, the boost of the first, that first one down where it needed to be, like you, you'd put a bit of um, emulsion down sort of, and it depended on the design as well of where they wanted the boosters and everything like that. So, um you know, we're, I used to take, you know, do my first one, bring the hose out, second one down. Um, and it was a bugger, but I, I then I, I kind of, for me, maybe it was me being a bit pedantic, but then I knew it was exactly where it needed to be. And and it, some of those holes, I wouldn't have been able to put the booster down with the hose there anyway. Because so, boosters are too big. That's holes right. Too small, so yeah. um, it was a lot of doubling, but at the same time, you knew that, you know, you could drop your second one down and, and it was all, and you knew that, yep, that's right. I, I'd measured that off my, my emulsion hose of where it needed to be. That's good. Finish yep. it off. So, um, yeah, I used to I used to do it that way. That's just my myself personally. But I think because when we'll get on to up holes with emulsion, but I think they used to, I don't know if I know, Orica changed their procedure because they actually wanted them daisy-chained. Like say it was a triple-primed hole, they wanted it all daisy-chained as they fell up to guarantee it was a continuous yeah. stream of 
emulsion in the yeah. hole because before you'd put one up, pull those out, put the second one up, put that in the product. But then there was, I don't know if that was just the side I was at, but that was the the way they ended yeah, up doing is like they triple like put them all up three in one go it or whatever. It definitely saves and just, uh, all the uh, oh, it's better on the arms, and yeah. quicker and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, look, it's not, and I guess we like we were doing it ourselves. So I think yeah, like that's how I sort of learnt and, and did it so i guess mm. i'd like that everyone's got their their own sort of way so and i think it just depends on the diameter of the holes to be actually able to do that properly as well you know so and having things sit you know we we had um the slotted poly um for up holes and stuff like that as well so because um, it, it was shitty shitty ground ground so yeah, yeah the ground started getting pretty poor so um you know having those there too well there's just no way you were gonna be able to get the hose plus daisy chain that sort of thing so um it was it had to be sort of one at a time but it was just making sure you were you know you had your spiders on as well and making sure that they were up in that emulsion and and keeping the hose on there for that little you know those couple of seconds those couple of pumps before you actually start bringing it back that way you know that you're packing that yeah, um, booster yeah. with emulsion all around it rather than, you know, you don't want to necessarily... It ends up floating back down. <laughs> well, that's right. It's the last thing you want. Uh, so, and giving them time to gas and do all that sort of stuff, you know, that's that's important too. So, so with Arpals, <laughs> what did you do to not get covered in fucking emulsion every day? And it's just pouring out of every hole and dropping on your head like a bloody, like a cake. It's, I uh, think it's it does come down with the timing. If you're overcharging, you know, your holes and stuff, it's just going to want to gas out. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're putting too much in there, like, or you haven't given yourself enough collar or whatever, mm. it's going to keep wanting to. And I guess too, um, I was, look, to be honest, it, unless it was like, you know, pissing water or something like that, and you maybe the emulsion might slip out. But the slotted poly did did help in the fact that the water was kind of able to almost run down that side oh, without. Oh yeah, so it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. But I think like when you're actually charging with emulsion and and getting that timing right and hearing that sound and all that sort of stuff really there shouldn't be too much and you can always use like a bit of a green bag or a rag or another bottle brush to kind of help keep that emulsion up there too so you're not getting like you know we used to say the pelicans are in or whatever you know (laughs) you'd end up with like that's a good way of putting blobs of um emulsion all over your gas emulsion all over you so um you know uh doing you know actually putting a bottle brush or a you know, a green bag or, or whatever so that yeah. it does stop any of that kind of coming out too does. And yeah. it just makes things easier too, especially if you've got like EBS or anything like that later on. You don't want that sort of. EBS, was that? Electronic blasting. Is that what that stands for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah got yeah. you there. Oh, yeah, you said that in, a, in the message. I'm like, pretty sure I know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the world of acronyms. Yeah. What? Because is it that there's, you know, it's odd. Some mines really struggle with the what do they call it retention, don't they? Like actually keeping the emulsion up the up hole, there. and there's different. They use different types of emulsion for the retention. Yeah, yeah, and 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 maybe like they they that's probably a little bit um you know maybe site specific for them too, and and could there could be a whole different lot of factors there, and um but I think it's I even mean, like the long holes, like taking the like flat a bit extra on the flush cuttings out of the... Yeah, like because they're obviously going the to then want to kind of move away mm. a little bit too. So, um, you know, like for us, 
to the most part, I felt like, you know, it, it actually stayed up there quite well. Like, and I, like I said, like it, it, it does come down to your timing and, and not, you know, um, not overcharging your holes, you know, because yep. otherwise it's just going to gas out and it's just going to get messy. You know, it's just going to want to come out. Mm. What about uh, what about the upper when we're talking about down hole, distance hold and everything? What, what's your upper hole charging technique with the hose and the emulsion? Is it just, as you said, keeping that sound and that distance? Keeping that sound and keeping the distance right. And it's also, you know, um, I think with like with our charge rig that we had too, it was always kind of making sure that you were protecting your, your emulsion hose or your charge hose as well because, you know, sometimes you get, some drill finds or some some little rocks that had come down to your gooseneck and they'd be stripping your hose oh yeah all that sort of stuff so yeah. you're always trying to making sure that you were trying to keep everything you know nice and sort of central rather than stuff sort of rubbing on on the gooseneck yep. or even rubbing on a bit of mesh or stuff like that like you're wanting to protect your hose as much as you can mm. otherwise you're just going to be creating weaknesses and stuff and you know the longer you've got to actually charge up holes you think of the weight that is then in the hose as well so you're wanting to sort of keep a good distance in your basket so that you can keep the hose up there it's not going to be like putting pressure and um stuff like that and having the angles right of you know where you know how much is that hole sort of dumping and and actually you know because you're trying to protect your lead wires and stuff like that as well so yeah. all those little factors like of your mesh and, and stuff keeping all that kind of clean around your charge hose and your lead wires is sort of a good little thing to be mindful of as well yeah yeah. Now getting the bloody hose out when it's stuck. I've seen some <laughs> I've seen and I've seen some blokes do some bloody wild shit to get these emulsion hoses out, especially in development of that. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool to look at. Because they can get stuck. They can. What, they have. Why what are the ways to get them first avoided getting getting them stuck? Uh, and then if you do happen to get that way, how do you get the bloody thing out? Oh, yeah, well that's <laughs> These would be one of those things that's like, it ain't in the book. It ain't in the oh, procedure. None of this in the book, no. <laughs> um, I, look, I, I do think that your prep comes down to it. I think that if you've actually cleared all your holes properly and maybe if you notice that there is some bigger stuff coming out, maybe having to line your holes, yep. you know, if, even if it hasn't been something that you've needed slotted poly for, just get some slotted poly or whatever and, and just protect those, you know, that you sort of then – yeah, and, you know, this is easier said than done, like yeah. working in, you know, having to go and grab all that sort of stuff and you're trying to get, you know, your, your stope away. Um, but, um, and I think too, keeping things pretty, trying to keep things pretty centralised and keeping, you know, your hose at a good angle. Um, sometimes you've sort of got to, Sometimes we've had to like, you, you know, you push the hose forward or give that hose a little bit and you're able to sort of push past it a little bit. It might not be enough for the hose pusher to push it through itself, yeah. but you sort of kind of can give it a little. When it gets that kink in it. And you, that's then right. It just goes, and then Poof. you can kind of, and do you know what? That's all part of the knack too. Like yeah. you sort of start and, and I guess moving around, being able to kind of get that hose in different like angles, you're able to sometimes push past it enough yeah. to, to actually wriggle it out. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not something that just happens straight away. And don't get me wrong, I I used to swear when few, I first you left started. A few I was like, "How do you do this?" Like, I, I don't think I'd it would have come mental. out. Like, it would not have come out of your mouth like that. I don't uh, think. I, I <laughs> just, yeah, I, and then it just it it sounds weird, but then it is just something that you you kind of you can hear it or you know, and it is you just kind of 
if you're able to knock it sometimes, just giving your hose a little bit of slack and push past it and, and stuff like yeah. that as well. So, you know, sometimes your hose pusher can't can't necessarily do that or you can't get it on a little bit of a different angle to kind of get, yeah. get it moved. Because, so. oh, God, I haven't touched one for bloody a long time and I didn't do shit loads of it but because what, what, when you hit that past in you you overfeed it so and then you sort of pulled it and it just flung, flung past it yeah yeah, sort yeah. Of overfed it and there, <laughs> there was a bit of slack and you just sort of pull it back and then let it go and just boom oh that was easy yeah I know and, 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 and yeah like I remember when I first started and getting you know trying to get full length of the holes and, and like you but at the same time too like and you'd sometimes you'd prep it and it's sweet. It's prepped prepped awesome. Yeah. And then you're like, what is going on? <laughs> like ah, the walls are caving oh, in. I know. It's four o'clock. I know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um anyway, but no, I think, yeah, it's just probably being able to get different angles on on that hose and stuff if it has gotten stuck. Yeah. Um, and sometimes just coming down a little bit in the basket and just being able to move around a little bit and actually see what's going on up yeah. there, like before you really start <laughs> Losing it, I think, because <laughs> we've all been the, there. Cutting the bastard off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's like the last thing you want to do. Like yeah. it's, you know, and it's always the way that you probably, you know, you're down to like, it's like you can't afford to lose it. Like yeah. otherwise it's just, <laughs> you know, you're doing a, a trip up to the surface to yeah. um, to grab an another whole bloody reel of it. So yeah. it's the last thing you want to do is start. But cutting, I suppose as you said, hose. like the times when it goes to shit and everything, it's, you you probably reflect back on it, it's like and it's all that setup time and like it's, it's sometimes you're just probably fucking unlucky. But oh, then a 100%. lot of a lot, lot of it's it's like, oh, I probably could have done this better three hours ago to set myself up and this mightn't have happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like you know, I think just recognize like sometimes it, it is just worth taking like that twenty minutes to go and maybe grab some slotted poly because yeah. if you're not going to trust it, if you don't trust it. And you've only had air up there, then it's sort of like, well, I don't know how successful this is necessarily. It's it's like you know, are you willing to take the risk? It looks or, like a shit and smells like a shit. It's probably it's probably be. yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> now, what about the um, let's say it's, uh, for the electronic blasting side of things when you're talking about. I guess setup of that that because that's a whole lot. You might finish charging and it's all good, but then you come to logging the the stove. It's the next part of um. It's really it. You know what it and you know with what I'm sort of doing now with Orica and everything. It's it and I guess I'm talking about you know I'm talking about what I'm talking about today is like my my experience with it and housekeeping again and with EBS is. A big factor it's it's a big factor even when you're charging and and say you're dropping those reels on the ground and you know it's abs so they're not going to necessarily like water all right so making sure that they're just not sitting in mud and and all that sort of stuff you know you want to keep everything clean and clear and clips closed and all that sort of stuff so if you're doing that to start with you're already setting yourself up with a bit of success Again, like I talked about with your your lead wires and stuff like that as well, like keeping them protected and not rubbing on mesh and stuff like that because you don't want to be jeopardising those either just because you you're being a bit slack with your charge or you're not you're not caring kind of thing. So um, all those little things are a factor before you've even gotten on the ground really yeah. um, to set yourself up. And then um, I think too. And, and it is dependent on the size of your stope as well. Like you might just have, 
you know, a, a smaller one. But if you, you're going to be having weight on, say, your your harness wires and stuff like that, setting that up properly too is 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 crucial before you've even started logging and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So what about sequencing? Let's just say hypothetically you've got a, a, a big rings, eight eight rings to charge. Um, do you or do you go start at the front, work back? Do you stop each ring and then get your um, get your leads all set up? Like, what was your I what's think, your advice there? So, I guess depending on who's in the basket and stuff, like whoever's on the ground, their that their sort of job or how we had it was that you know they were tidying up all those those reels, getting everything ready to go, um, and having things. You know, if they were double primed or triple primed, you had those those primers or those reels together so yeah. it was all neat and tidy um and having everything kind of in a line and if you've if you've done all your prep and you've painted everything up that becomes quite you know everything's quite clear and clean as well um so well when the way i used to to get it set up and and ready it was you know i always used to go from left to right because sequence for for abs that is you know, a big, big thing. So, um, uh, not probably not at the time of charging, but at the time of logging. Yeah, absolutely. So getting that. So I used to always go left to right because then I always sort of finished my ring and I always knew that I was finishing, you know, what was on my plan to what was on my, say my logger Mm. matched at every ring. So that way, you know, you knew you were keeping yourself in sequence. You knew you hadn't missed anything. Um, so yeah, left to right and worked from basically the front back because you don't want to be then going back through you don't want the all these shitting clip, on you. clips, you know, <laughs> like EBS. So, um, yeah, so no, that's, that was sort of what I did before, you know, we even sort of started, I guess, logging too, was making sure that everything was going to be in sequence. And I knew that that's how I was going to run it. Yeah. Um, did you, for each ring, did you, did you set up some rope to tie your leads off to as you come back and then yeah. harness wire at the end what did so, you do there the look and and look i have been caught out a, few, a couple of times i do remember a couple of circumstances where um look rope yep is really good if you run a bit of rope or even bell wire along your mm. along your walls um and then use that to tie off your harness that way you you, you know you you're not running the risk of maybe that sort of getting a short circuit off your mesh because the weight, and it's dependent on the weight of the reels. You don't want too much weight mm. um, on that on that harness either. So if you can use rope or, or a packing tape or bell wire to kind of help sort of distribute that weight, that that's always a big. So help you don't because well. you don't want any weight on your harness wire essentially. Like- oh, well, not not. I mean, it's it's pretty hardy, but at the same time, you know, it's all about looking after, you know, looking after your gear and making sure that it, it's you know you've almost eliminated that issue before. You know, so having a bit of extra rope and something that's going to help take the weight of those reels dependent on, you know, your whole length. You know, you could have 40 metre um, forty meter um, holes and obviously the reels, they've got more weight or, you know, you've, so you're just wanting to make sure that you're not putting any extra sort of pressure on that, that harness so that you're not jeopardising, you know, I guess the talk between them and, and your logger. So, and you'd always wait till everything was charged then run your harness yeah at the end i yeah, yeah i yeah. did always i always basically made sure because i think if something was to go wrong or when you've already mm. it's just you kind of get yourself into possibly a little bit of trouble so i always used to make sure that 
Um, everything was charged. It was all good. Get the rig out of the way. Give yourself a, a nice big area. You know, yep, this is what we're logging. We, the, everything's tidy. Everything's in sequence. I can see where all my rings are. You know, and, and depending, it, you know, it could have been a wet stope. So maybe you've diverted the water with, with a bit of vent bag or you're not wanting to then put your, your harness directly underneath yeah, water yep. either. So, you know, you might be a little bit slightly off center from your ring because that way when you clip, even if a bit of emulsion or whatever does fall, it's not going to fall straight onto your clips. So, um, you know, it's all those little things that, you know, you're not in the direct line of fire, if that makes sense. Because up when you got the mix of up and down holes, that'd be the big one where the setup would be paramount. When you got you got leads coming from the bottom, That's you got right. leads coming yeah. from the top, and, and trying not to kick them. And yeah. sometimes too, like, um, and and everyone has their their own preferred way of of running it. And there is no right or wrong way as long as you're getting the sequence right yep. and you know exactly where you are. Like that's the most important thing. So I know some people used to run a bit of um, bell wire or rope down one side, and that might be for their downholes. And then on the other side, they'd have their upholes. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so, that, so you've got a passage, but to it's walk making through. sure that they're in sequence on the way. So it yeah. just means that they're they're sort of separate but you're also in sequence and you're not getting that crossover or, you know, you're not bumping stuff to possibly get a bad connection or yeah. anything like that as well. So you can do it that way or, you know, like depending on how many holes there are, you can, if you've got everything sort of pretty well set out, well, then it's not hard to have them on the same harness up or down. You know, you might just run it a little bit lower or, you know, like, and sometimes depending on your lead lengths, you could easily do your up and down holes off the same harness as long as, you know, you maybe had a bit of rope to help take that weight. Yeah. What what do you, what do you say are the most, the things that fuck up the most with getting leakage and and just the, the big ones you say most often or the ones that you experience most often? Uh, well, from my experience, I think it would be like, you know, people maybe not looking after the, well, looking after your clips because I guess essentially that's helping you talk between your, your detonator and your logger and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, making sure that all your clips are clean and, and like I used to have rag stuffed down my shirt in my, <laughs> in my belt. Like I had, you know, and I was just making sure everything was clean. Like yeah. you were going to get that really good, you know, clean, crisp connection before, you know, to, oh, so you nearly like wiping the harness. Yeah, wiping you the put, harness and stuff yeah. like that as well. Because, I mean, it, there's all... you got to you know, put a bit of love into it, don't you? You do, yeah, you yeah. do. Like, and it's all that sort of moisture. And, you know, sometimes you're in like that, you know, some places are really humid. So there is that moisture in the air to start yeah. with. So, you know, you give everything a nice clean. You've already started on a really good sort of, you know, before anything sort of gotten weird, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you've given yourself the best chance because you looked after your clips and you've You've wiped everything down. Everything's clean, tidy. Um, the other thing that was a good little tip that that I sort of learnt was that, you know, when you hang your, um, when you're clipping onto your harnesses, if they come down and below your harness and then clip up to your harness, it just means if there's any moisture coming from the hole, they're sort of coming down and oh, dripping yeah. Yeah. straight down rather than coming straight down yeah. and then onto your clip. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, oh, so I like video some- sorted. There hey. you go. That's a highlight video, that one. No, well, it's just... <laughs> That's a good one. No, yeah. it's sort of like those sorts of like you just don't want, 
to run the risk of that that sort of moisture ingress, I guess. Yeah, so, that makes, that makes um, sense. you know, if you are in a wet stope, like those sorts, you know, don't, like I said, like move them a little bit off centre from the holes, but also have those lead wires going underneath, going yep. underneath so they're not just going straight into your clip onto your harness, that yep. sort of thing. So that's there what I go. used to do, but... Um, the, 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 the amount of bridge, the less bridging we're going to get after this episode nationwide, globally is going to be bloody significant. The bloody answers of we've created out of this episode is going to be unbelievable. That hasn't been left in the ground. That's a good one. What, um, have you, have you had many where it's logged up all good and then you, you'd have <laughs> One debt come, what you got leak of oh, somewhere, yeah, you lose a debt, and it's just then you get, you get your divide and conquer. And you've you done- fix that one, and they just they keep going. You're like, what the fuck's happening here? <laughs> uh, there was, and there's sort of even um, this is one that I've sort of said to a few people, um, just in some like in one of the courses and stuff, and um, the one one that's gotten me before, or gotten me and, and my workmate. We, we charged this stove, everything was great, logged mm. it heaps of time. We were like happy days. We checked, you know, <laughs> their firing line, perfect. And then we sort of got back to obviously getting towards the end of shift and um, did our test and had errors. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> a short circuit or something. It was a short circuit, I'm sure of it. I was like, oh, my God, but we've tested it. Everything's good. So down there, off we go and not getting this short circuit. And what had happened was like over time and over the hours, there was um, because it was, I was probably a little bit naughty, but I'd tied my my harness onto the mesh because it wasn't wasn't necessarily a big stoke, but just having it that little bit loose and it was rubbing. So the sheathing of the harness. Yeah, right. What, just, just from the vent or something? Yeah, from the vent. So the vent yeah. had sort of obviously just sort of been blowing on the yeah, right. on the thing and it was just enough to kind of, you know, break that out of the sheathing and it just started rubbing on the mesh. So that was co- – and so this tiny little – this tiny little one thing. Little, one little choice this, you made. One little choice and that's – yeah. <laughs> and once that was done, it was fine. Yeah. But it was just, you know, and I guess, you know, making sure you are using a bit of bill wire or – Oh, and you've never done it again, hey? Oh, you learn you learn the hard way sometimes, yeah, yeah. Maddie. But <laughs> you know, it was a, it was an easy fix. It wasn't an issue, but it was just um, you know, you do especially the, when you think it's you all good. You do all the checks, you do everything right, and then it's yeah. like, oh god, what's happened? <laughs> Who's been down there? Like you know, you just you start really questioning it. But yeah. um, no, it, that that's definitely been one of the ones that's that's caught me out before for sure. Yeah, right. So what, what do you get up to these days now? You've given away the hose. Uh, <laughs> you're probably a lot lot cleaner and the bloody pelicans aren't shitting on you anymore. No. Uh, what are you up to these days, Robba? Um, so at the moment I'm, I'm with Orica. So um, I've been with Orica for about 18 months. Um, started out in the Pilbara team, sort of doing um, supply chain and just um, basically being sort of the the communication between um, our, our our couriers and stuff from our plants to different sites. So did that for about 12 months. And then um, uh, this, uh, an ABS sort of um, trainer job came up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so now I'm doing sort of uh, the ABS training um, at the moment and part of the tech services team there. And um, yeah, there's, it's, it's been really great. Like uh, it's opened my eyes to, I guess just even the 
uh, technology and and what's and where this is all changing now, I guess in mind, like technology's done an amazing amount of things, but you know even with um, you know our sort of loggers and stuff like that, you know, like I sort of I guess came into the team with a bit of an operational background. You know, I'm not an engineer, and um, but because of my I guess my um, experience using the product i guess that's now where i kind of where i teach people how to use it and i guess give the good the bad and the ugly of mm. what what can and and can't happen so yeah being with um the tech services team for about six months and yeah just plan on sort of growing and developing and and all that sort of stuff so it's been it's been really um challenging like to go from a mining role or an operator's role to i guess now a a uh a more businessy kind of, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. but um, but I've also loved the challenge, and I love the fact that I'm still in mining. Like I, I still love it. I still miss like the banter and the t- you know the crew and and that. But I, I guess with this role, I've been really lucky in the fact that you know I'm not in an office every day. You know, and I get to talk to you know the operators, and you know they teach me as much as I teach them. You know, yeah. and um. And going out to different sites, you know, like, and it's funny, you know, mining's so big, but it's it's so small. And I love running into people that I used to work with. And and I've had people that were, say, even nippers when I was charging. And they're doing, they're now doing their training. And I'm like, it's so cool. Like, I love that, you know, to see them kind of develop over the couple of years that, you know, I've, I guess I've been out of it. So, um, no, nah, it just becomes like, you know, you're just extended family almost. Oh, you wait till now you go to sorts after the bloody, you're on oh, YouTube. God. Jesus Christ, like, you're going like to be getting <laughs> autographs. <laughs> no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> what, so when you, is EBS, is it is the is the lingo changed? Is e, like, you know, they used to have like the icon trainers. Is it now it's EBS because there's different electronic products or what's the go? Well, I mean, I, and, and icons more obviously Orica, but I mean, essentially EBS is that sort of, you know, that's, that's the system itself. So, I mean, I've only ever used. Oh, so EBS is, uh, refers to the it's just the, electronic that ele- blasting, the, the, uh, the whole overall. thing. As an overall. The yeah, overall, yeah. As an I'll overall. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I think the the principle's still the same, but I mean, I, I've, that's the products that I teach is what I used. So, um, you know, I can't sort of, I guess, speak on what else is out there because I, I generally haven't used it. But um, at least I feel like I can go into a classroom and say, well, look, this is what helped me. And, and you know, um, and if you can take anything mm-hmm. away, I'd, I'd rather be more of, rather than like say a technical kind of um background like at least i can give you more of the the everyday kind of challenges that you can make better or you know at least easier for yourself let, let me get there let me give you all my fuck ups that I've yeah made. i know <laughs> this is what happened this yeah. is what went bad like you yeah. know um so is most of the stuff you're teaching like the use of the logging yeah uh, so we just sort of go like um yeah so my role is basically to to go through the logger and 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 the, and the blaster and and I guess just making sure that, you know, that they are doing all the right things to, to help, I guess, set themselves up for success, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, you know, and actually, you know, what what it can do to help you, like in the troubleshooting side of things. Like, you know, they've they've come a long way even since I was underground. So you would have been using Icon Ones when you... The, the little it. logger ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and now, like 
what, what's it up to now? What's the logger twos now? It's, yeah, yeah the logger twos. Yeah. yeah, and it's sort of like the the B three thousand system that we have. But um, yeah, like, and it's amazing. Like, you know, we had like these little tiny screens that we used to use, and now you know we've got you know we've got a lot more information, which is which is brilliant. So it's just that development of technology and mm. and things getting better and easier and. And I guess you know what the customers and everything need. So um, no, it's 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 great. I, I love it. What 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 have been some of the big changes from the 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 loggers we have today compared to the original ones? Is it more debts or that you can log or what are the big? Yeah, changes? the capacity is definitely more. Um, but it's just I think too like just the way that it's set out and everything as well. You know, um, it's you know you can see a lot more information. You, you're seeing a lot more more debts. Um, and it's just giving you that information probably a little bit more clearer and, and all that sort of stuff as well. So, um, but yeah, like, I mean, that's like any technology, you know, you, you sort of, after a certain time, you, you, you know what the, the pros and the cons are or what can be better. And, and that's sort of what, what they've done. So, um, no, it, it's great. It's a, it's a good system. I'd be interested to talk to someone with Orica. If they, it'd be nice if they opened up the checkbook for it too. But uh, about the about the WebGen system because that looks pretty unbelievable. Yeah, the that's it's automated all... blasting system. That is pretty cool, especially yeah. the uh, the partnership with uh, Epiroc or so with the the automated charge. Yeah, well, it's amazing. Automated yeah, charging amazing system with the what... big brooms on the front to clear the yeah. lift. Like that is where that's all heading. Looks I know, you know, it's amazing what what's out there and it's amazing all this technology that's develop, developing. So, yeah. um, no, it's sort of, it's it's great. Yeah, I think we'll have to get Mr. Lovett back on for a bloody web gen yeah. yard because we, we, we talked about it. When I, when I interviewed him was before it was, as it was coming to release. Um, and I think the Underground Operators Conference last year or was it the year before last year? That's where they sort of first released it. But by the looks following on LinkedIn, it's all getting used now, which yeah. is pretty, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, hear how it's all going. Yeah, absolutely. It's and pretty they're, unbelievable. They are. But no, it's, it's it, look, it's really exciting to, to see what's sort of developing coming out there. I mean, yeah. like that's just like, I guess, you know, safety is a huge thing in mining. So if it's going to make, you know, things safer and, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Well, then, you know, so be it. Well, and to, you know, it's like doing lifters in, in shitty ground. You just got your head down and you're in that. You could not be in a more vulnerable position That's than exactly something right. snotting you on the back of the head. And, it, and it's, yeah. yeah, and it's it's a thing, right? So, you know, like if, if it's going to stop people, I guess, you know, exposing themselves to certain dangers well then it's not a it's not a negative thing at all so. yeah yeah it's uh no i'd be very interested to see that little journey so <laughs> but isn't it like because blasting and everything under and pretty much all jumbo development it's it's a very uninnovative un thing but it's pretty much getting done the same way as it was 30 30 odd years ago yeah but there's all this this new stuff coming out with um yeah because of the site lot like, trying to make it a bit safer but it's all pretty <laughs> it's all pretty much the same yeah, for yeah. sure. So, no, well, this has been great, Rob. You've, you've, oh, look, you, you'll wig out when I tell you how long this has gone for. Oh, my God. But um, We've just clicked the hour and a half mark. Oh, God. So. Um, oh, look, I hope I've to to made some sort of sense. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be all good by now, eh? Oh, uh, no, I'm still. 
Oh, everyone, buddy, everyone. At least you're not like your bloody fiance. He, he rubs his face off when he like, when he was talking. He gets the handguard. He's nearly rubbed his nose off by the end of it. It's oh, bloody God. hilarious. I didn't film his one, like because his hand would have been over the top the whole time. Oh crap! I think I, I think you're wrangling him back at some point. Aren't you? Oh, get him in his poor little bloody. As I said, he's one of those. I've got heaps of a couple of bromances, but they're a one way one. They don't know they're in a bromance with me, but I I feel that way. Yeah, oh, don't know gosh. if he feels the same way or not. It's an emotional roller coaster, these relationships. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks so much. That's going to be a bloody, hopefully uh, uh, all the production, all, all the charge-up crew are going to get a bloody shitload out of that. Oh, so, God, I hope I've been um, helpful at some point. Uh, well, as long as they I, remember. It was actually really hard. Like, you know when you don't do something every day yeah. and then you're like, shit, am I did I? And it, really, it was actually good. Like, I actually had to go back and start thinking about things again. I was like, I remember when I, yep, yeah, no, I but I had to like actually sit down and go, yeah, okay, now I've got to try and remember. Well, yeah, but now you can chuck it into the classroom too. Like, yeah. Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy I'm still part of, you know, it, you spend that long, you know, working underground and working, you know, like working your butt off. And it's nice to kind of bring that into sort of like a different environment but still be a part of it. Like I, I feel very lucky. Oh, yeah. it's good. As, as Jason was, I said, greatest industry in the world. It's bloody great. <laughs> it is a good industry. It is oh, a good I'm, industry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know anything else. So if it goes to shit, I'm completely <laughs> fucked. So, <laughs> no, good on you, Robo. Thanks very much. We, 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 this mightn't be the last time. The, oh, the fans might demand more Robo. Oh, you well, mightn't be Robbo then, but do you reckon you'll keep the nickname once you get? Oh, uh, look! Hits? I think I think <laughs> it's quite funny because at work, like when I was underground, it was just Robbo, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, somewhat poor, some poor bugger would be like, "Oh, you're working with Robbo today," and if he'd be looking for Robbo, and <laughs> I'd be like, "Yeah, that's me," and they're like, yeah. "You are not what I was expecting." <laughs> yeah, me. But I kind of yeah, like that too. I kind of like that too. Like I was like, "Yeah, I'm Robbo." Like. <laughs> And, I, and then the even Luke, I still calls you Robbo. Yeah, he does. He's like, hey, Robbo. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> which I, I like. I, and it's funny, like, still going out to my insights. I, it's still, and if I get called L, they're like, who's L? It's like, it's Robbo. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you're in between an L and a Robbo. I know. <laughs> L's, L's very formal, and Robbo, a Robbo is sort of the, the minor, the minor, yeah. the minor L, I think, or the minor Robbo. But, <laughs> um, but look, it's good. Awesome. Thank you very much. And I'm glad you're bloody, I'm glad you didn't have a nervous meltdown. You, I know. As you I was- said, you were wigging out. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. Oh, that's all good. I had one, one guy did last year, Dave Ryan. He was, he didn't, he couldn't look me in the eye for a week. Like, like cause he were working on the same side. He was oh. shitting bricks that much. He couldn't even look me in the eye. It was all good after that. He says, oh, I didn't sleep for a week. <laughs> God, yeah. Bloody what I do to people. Oh, good. It's <laughs> not. It wasn't as. It wasn't as painful as I thought. Well, not painful, but you know. It well, you wasn't... got through an hour and a half, so I think you've. I think you've done all right. <laughs> Had a chat anyway. <laughs> good on you, Robbo. Thanks, Manny. Thanks.